Okay, and uh, I have confirmation now that uh, that we're recording, and so let's get underway. Good morning. It's uh, 10 o'clock in Maui, Hawaii. It's a beautiful morning, as they usually are, and uh, 1 o'clock in Southern California, daylight saving time, and uh, you guys can do the math for for the rest of the country. One of the things, this is petty, but to a guy that's been in broadcasting for four decades, I, I was interested to discover this week that uh, there's no such thing as daylight savings time. It's not a matter of savings. It's called daylight saving time with a singular, no S, just saving, daylight saving time. And I thought that was interesting since... Uh, I'd never heard that before, and every broadcaster I know, every news guy I know always says savings, but just one of those little bits of trivia. So, um, good morning, everybody. We're going to begin here. It's just a tad after uh, the uh, appointed time. If you see a clock on your system that says the conference will start in an hour, the uh, the clock was just confused. The system did not update itself, but all of the features are available to us. Let's start, first of all, in the announcements that I have with the idea that uh, we are recording these calls, and we're also going to podcast the recording um, as well as archive it, and let me tell you how that works. If you have subscribed to the podcast, the free podcast, of the old InterVision programs, or Breakthrough Radio, a program series that Steve Snyder, my business partner, and I did on KRLA Radio a couple of years ago. Either of those free podcasts uh, will now be a replay of these conference calls, of these teleseminars on Sunday afternoons. I think that's a pretty cool idea. We've been pushing out on the free podcast for InterVision and Breakthrough Radio, excerpts from our Cornerstone podcast, the Finding Yourself in Paradise podcast, and putting little excerpts up on there to encourage people to subscribe, because <laughs> it's only 99 cents a week. It's uh, crazy, silly, uh, nearly free, just a little delivery charge that we put on there, and uh, uh, we've want everybody to sign up for that and find out more about our whole concept here, which is really to wage inner peace. Uh, it's not an anti-war movement so much as a pro-peace movement that we want to support, and not merely the appearance of no war, but a peace that truly emanates from a level of consciousness, peace as a alpha brainwave state. Uh, a, uh, a level of expanded awareness, waging inner peace is a concept we'll, we'll talk more and more about. Now, the replay is also available from about five or ten minutes after this program ends, uh, forevermore, apparently, uh, on this website, if you were to keep the link uh, that brought you here, then you could, by returning here at any time, hear a replay of this particular event. So you got a couple of options. Save the link that brought you here. Uh, forward it to a friend who you would like to hear uh, this program. 
And um, also understand that if you're already getting the podcast, the Intervision or Breakthrough Radio podcast, that will begin to feature the replays week by week. If not, just go to the iTunes Music Store and type my name in the query box. Type Michael Benner into the search box on the iTunes Music Store, and both programs will come up. Uh, subscribe to either for free, the Intervision or Breakthrough Radio programs. And Again, what you'll get is not an excerpt of the Paradise Podcast, but a replay of this. And then my web guy, uh, Kurt, in Orange County, uh, is going to figure out a way that we can archive past programs on my website, vhlistwisdom.com. So that's pretty cool. You'll have uh, several different ways to listen to this, uh, a replay of the recording of this uh, teleconference or teleseminar, even if uh, you missed the program. Um Let's see, what else did I want to tell you about? There have been some uh, surprising changes at KPFK uh, with regard to the intention that we had when we decided to come to Maui, Hawaii, and let go of the InterVision program after 14 years at KPFK. Um, we got approval from the management people there to do a different show. In fact, we were solicited by KPFK to do a different show. They said, first of all, would you reconsider staying to do InterVision? I said, well, uh, you know, that's what I want to do with Steve on the paid podcast at FocusedPassion.com. That's that's what we're most excited about is doing a two-person version of InterVision. And including a meditation exercise. So that's what the new 99-cent podcast, Finding Yourself in Paradise, is all about. And so management said, uh, well, if you if if you want to let go of InterVision, would you consider doing a different show? And I bet many of you have heard that show. It's been running for a couple of months at 3 o'clock on Fridays instead of 1 o'clock uh, Friday afternoon, L.A. time. We called it the Michael Benner Show with Doreen Key, and we had uh, a budgetary approval for uh, uh, a whole system that could be used uh, to allow us to broadcast live, but remotely from Maui, and sound really nice. Digital quality telephone lines for us, and also the ability to take telephone calls live. And In essence, the promise was that we would sound... Uh, live from Maui as if we were right in the studio on Coenga uh, uh, Boulevard there in North Hollywood. Well, uh, I don't know what to tell you about KPFK in this regard, except that one of the downsides of democracy, you know, Bush always says he'd like to be the dictator. Uh, one of the downsides of democracy, especially at KPFK, is you have so many committees and groups with semi-authority, and often the left hand does not know what the right hand is doing. So to make a long story a little bit shorter, uh, approval for that gear has been rescinded, and the program, even though it's been on the air for a couple of months, has essentially been pulled, unless I am willing to do a program without telephone calls. So their request is, yes, 
I know we approved it. Yes, we approved the budget, and yeah, it was our idea to do the show in the first place, and yeah, it's been on the air for a few months, and yeah, we're getting real good feedback, but uh, we've decided not to spend the roughly $4,000 that's necessary to do the show live, uh, to buy the equipment to do the show live and make it sound good and take telephone calls. Well, after reflecting on it and talking to Doreen, my wife, about it, um, we pretty much decided that uh, we don't want to do a show without calls. You know, that was the deal, and that's what I've always done. In fact, those of you who go back to the KLOS and KABC and KLSX days with us, remember that uh, phone calls were really what drove the program. It's really what my shows have always been about. And over the years at KPFK, as I've brought in guests, the number of calls have diminished to maybe the last 15 or 20 minutes of the program. But I just don't want to do a show without telephone calls. Um, I, I, I just don't want to risk it. I, I don't feel good about it. it. It doesn't feel right to me to just, you know, not have that feedback. Uh, this teleseminar actually is the closest thing to that. But we don't have screeners, and so we have to mute the calls and do it with typed-in text messaging. Again, which I call your attention to on your screen, those who are listening on the web, if you want to do that. It looks like uh, currently we have uh, only about 12 people on the web. Let's see how many are on the phone. Hold on a second. Let me check this out. Okay, so we have three people on the telephone, 12 people on the web, 15 people, much smaller than last week. But I'm sure we'll have more people join us. And uh, I'm still determined to do this on a regular basis this teleconference, teleseminar idea, and uh, do it every uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock uh, L.A. time. I think a lot of folks just uh, uh, are out of sync, uh, have not sprung forward with their clocks, uh, so to speak. So anyway, that's the long and short of the deal at KPFK. Now, rather than me just throw in the towel and say, you know, you promised and then you Welch uh, on your promise. Uh, you've rescinded the uh, the budget that was approved all the way up the ladder by the general manager. Um, and and to get angry, I just uh, sort of took the middle path, took some of my own advice, and said, "Well, until we can work this out, meaning until you guys change your minds, or we find a better way to do this." Um, Let's just run some uh, Profiles and Peace programs that Doreen has in the can, or and that's what you heard the uh, day before yesterday if you listened to 3 o'clock Friday on KPFK, one of Doreen's great Profiles and Peace interviews with Ray McGovern. And uh, a few of those, and maybe some Best to Better programs, uh, until, again, you change your mind or get smart or get enough uh, email from my listeners or whatever and they said fine so I'm willing to meet them halfway in that regard and sort of take a middle path so that's what you're going to hear on Friday afternoons for a while um, they're waiting for me to change my mind I'm waiting for them to change their minds we're sort
sort of at loggerheads in that regard, sort of a management labor kind of a uh, situation. But um, in the interim, they're running our old program, so I can't complain about that. It was really nice to hear Doreen interviewing Ray McGovern uh, Friday, and I thought that was a great show. And you get some more of her Profiles in Peace programs and maybe some best-to-better programs coming up until this whole thing can be resolved. But I wanted you guys to be the first to know uh, about this whole situation. And uh, I guess that's pretty much it for announcements at the top. I wanted to make that clear, and I'm sure we'll talk about that uh, again in the future. And uh, so let's get into the body of the uh, uh, program here. And again, I'll ask you to look at the webpage in front of you and notice that you can submit by typing into that little box in the bottom of the webpage any question or comment that you may have along the lines of personal and spiritual development. And uh, it'll come up on my screen here as moderator, and I'll respond to it. And uh, we'll probably do a little meditation exercise toward the end and just see how all of that goes and how all of you guys uh, feel about that. So let's see. We have, uh, where did we pick up this? Um, I, I mentioned that we have John in Pittsburgh on the line. We have Randy in Los Angeles has joined us. And um, let's see, Randy says, have you been watching In Treatment on HBO? It's a pretty powerful show in teaching people how to sit in their feelings, don't you think? Well, um, I don't know anything about it. Uh, we do get HBO, um, primarily to watch Bill Maher on Friday night. I'm a little disappointed in his last program. Uh, Joe Scarborough's sort of filibustered and bullied all the guests. I don't know how many of you guys watch Bill Maher on HBO on Friday night. Scarborough's such a jerk, uh, to my way of thinking anyway. So, yeah, we get HBO, but I haven't seen that program, Randy, in treatment in treatment, and uh, apparently what Randy's telling me here is that uh, the program replicates or perhaps records and edits and then gives us a little taste of what it's like to, quote, be in treatment. I must say it's a phrase I've never used in my work, by the way. I always make a distinction that uh, the personal and spiritual development work that I do in this taught many others to do. I had a school until we, uh, many of you know this, until we moved to Maui a few months ago, I had a school where we were doing a one-year career training in meditative hypnosis. But we always emphasize that uh, this approach uh, to personal and spiritual development is not therapeutic. It's not really a treatment. It's not healing. Um, people say, can I use my health plan, my, my health insurance? And I would say, no, this is school. Uh, this is, this is, I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm a teacher. I'm a trainer. I have taught psychotherapists to use meditation and self-hypnosis. 
usually call it guided imagery or visualization and other forms of deep relaxation because, as I know you folks know, it, it opens people to expanded awareness, to, to insight and understand. It's the ideal tool for so-called therapy, psychotherapy. But um, our approach is and has always been more educational, more about learning than healing, really not therapeutic. So treatment is a word I've sort of stayed away from myself. But anything that helps people to sit with their feelings and find their emotional intelligence, uh, I'm really in favor of. The whole idea that there is intelligence, uh, in fact, not only intelligence, but profound intelligence, deep, deep wisdom available to us when we sit quietly, uh, is still not widely understood, even in the therapeutic community. It's almost as if uh, sometimes I think therapists are being taught to be deliberately inefficient or ineffective to just sort of through uh, talk in normal consciousness, which is valuable. People do benefit from talk therapy. Um, but if that was reinforced or underscored or integrated with a program where people close their eyes and relax, whatever you call it, meditation, self-hypnosis, as they say, visualization or guided imagery, uh, it would make those uh, sessions or those treatments, <laughs> if you will, so much more powerful, so much more effective. And it's almost criminal to think that in the year 2007, with 50 years of research into alpha brainwave levels, that so many so-called counselors or therapists are not availing themselves of this kind of work. And uh, So I'll check that out, Randy. Um, this whole idea of in-treatment on HBO. I have not heard of it. Nobody's told me about it. And so I'll uh, look for that. Robert and Irvine, in your opinion, where does the ego, the self, end, and the universal mind, the higher consciousness, begin? Wow. Good question. Thank you, Robert. Uh there is no real dividing line between the two selves. In fact, uh, depending on the model you use, uh, I guess the first thing that occurs to me is like it's more like the DMZ, uh, the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea. And there, there's a no man's land in between, but it's a huge, uh, it's a huge middle ground. Um, the higher self. Or I'll say it this way. Let me say it in the other way. The the ego self, the so-called persona, uh, the root word of personality is persona. And, of course, it's a Greek root that means mask, is a role that we play. Just as the characters in, in the uh, Renaissance era in uh, a Shakespearean play at the Globe Theater or at other theaters, um, as uh, public plays became more popular in the early and mid-Renaissance eras, the actors were, were all men, of course, and they would wear masks. They would hold up these masks, uh, actually 
they had little megaphones built into the mask also that would allow them to project. Well, the Greek word for mask is persona. So your personality, it's always been understood, is a role that you play, a character that we assemble out of the stories that we tell ourselves and then other people, and that there was something more substantial within us all, something more essential, um, a higher self. And in philosophy and uh, mysticism and, and even uh, uh, religion, if you uh, get into it deeply enough and, and uh, correctly enough, there is this idea that there is an overshadowing soul, a so-called consciousness, a, a higher self uh, that, that stands above us, free of form, but also is within us. A word I like that comes up in philosophy a lot is extension. Uh, it's like the idea of an emanation, the way uh, light would emanate from a light bulb or a radio signal would emanate from uh, a radio antenna, an emanation or a radiation, sometimes uh, incarnation. Uh, extension is that same concept that the ultimate spiritual source of all things extends itself out through layer after layer. Uh, a Middle Eastern Sufi would say through veil after veil, uh, of course, we love the Wizard of Oz. Uh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Well, <laughs> the guy that's really pulling all the levers. Uh, that's in each for each of us. That's not the self that we appear to be. We are so much more. And uh, of course, essential to personal and, and spiritual development, even at beginning levels, is this understanding that. Uh, there are many layers or levels, and so it's not really an either-or. There's not really a, a dividing line. Uh, the higher self is with us all the time. I think a good argument, interestingly, can be made for this in the fact that while the conscious mind goes to sleep in human beings, uh, roughly a third of our lives uh, were unconscious for whatever reason. Another question for another time, perhaps this whole sleep state. Steve and I did a program on this recently on the Finding Yourself in Paradise podcast, the whole nature of sleep and dreams and why we dream and the relationship of night dreams to daydreams and all of that. But consider that there's a part of mind, the so-called subconscious mind, that never goes to sleep, that is always awake. And so we can go unconscious and yet not die. Uh, some aspect of mind continues to beat the heart and, and breathe us and digest food and fight disease, repairing and replacing cells. and uh, So we can think of the subconscious mind as being a kind of a evidence that there is a higher self, that, that we are, as, as many mystics would describe, a reflection of this higher self, that the ego or persona, the mask, the role, the personality, the, the character that we play, the, the person that looks back at you when you look into the mirror, the appearance, uh, the physical body, that self, 
uh, is not the whole story, that there is a higher self available to us. And, of course, that's where the meditation and the similar exercises, the mindfulness of detaching and uh, witnessing, experiencing thoughts and feelings without being the thinker or the victim of thoughts and feelings. And it's such an important stage in the evolution of each individual, uh, the personal unfoldment that uh, we go through, especially those who aspire to accelerate the process. The big quantum leap to begin to understand that we're not the character, uh, we're the guy that wrote the character and rewrites the character. We're not the stories we tell ourselves. We're the person that decided to tell the story in, in this way. So, uh, Robert, in Irvine, it's not really a dividing line at all. It's not, as in so many other things, either the ego or the higher self, so-called soul, but uh, the soul is always within uh, the ego, and you can argue the ego uh, is within the soul from lifetime uh, to lifetime. But uh, I like the idea of extension, you know, like a telescoping antenna, uh, those telescoping fishing rods that <laughs> just sort of extend out. And if you think of uh, divinity as extending itself into the plane of the soul, a so-called heaven, the Buddhic plane, uh, the hierarchy of ashrams, there's lots of different models for that, a non-physical place, and then a further extension from that place into incarnation uh, as an emanation or extension. Pretty cool concept and a great question. So, uh, let's see, let me ask you another question or respond to another statement here. If you're just joining us, by the way, good morning from Bali and good afternoon. We're up to 17 people who on the website. Let me check the telephone. And just a couple of people on the telephone, so that's good. Most of you being on the web can type a little question or comment into the box, put your name and uh, city in there so I can say hi to you and hit the submit button and it'll pop up on my screen. Going back to the KPFK thing, John in uh, Van Nuys says, is the the phone call the sole limiting factor of the KPFK management decision to rescind approval for the program remote uh, from Maui on Friday afternoons? Well, John, that's the uh, sole stated reason. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, I put the I, I forwarded the two emails that you sent me, John, a couple of weeks back. In fact, I remember the dates, February 20 and February 27. You sent me emails about uh, this very thing. And I forwarded your alternative methods and suggestions to the operations manager, the head technical guy at KPFK, and have yet to hear back from him. But he is working, yes, on this technical and budgetary, uh, uh, what can I say, limitation or excuse, uh, really, for rescinding the program, rescinding their approval. Uh, I don't know if there are other factors, you know, 
there have always been rumors at KPFK that uh, InterVision was an endangered program and that it was too white and too middle class and uh, uh, a lot of folks didn't like it. Now, we, we've got a lot of supporters inside KPFK, a lot of people that love the program and, and like the fact that we're interested in uh, the 9-11 Truth Out movement, for example, that we're interested in chemtrails, that uh, we're interested in crop circles, that uh, we talk about things that uh, that other people don't talk about. Uh, and so we have our supporters certainly inside KPFK at all levels of of, uh, of management and, and staff, but uh, there are those, I think, that have never... Uh, really appreciated InterVision or the new show, and maybe don't even listen. I know it's hard to believe that there could be paid management at KPFK that is not listening to the shows, and uh, and yet it appears to be the case. <laughs> I am not really sure what to say about that. So are there other mitigating factors? Well, I'm sure there are. Uh, to what extent are they mitigating? Uh, or central, I don't really know. I have my suspicions, but I don't know. I just don't know. All I know is that the budget was approved. It's not a lot of money. I could I could probably have a fundraiser. It's it's four thousand plus or minus. We've been quoted three thousand. We've been quoted five thousand to buy the gear that's necessary to do this, and that's not a whole lot of money when we. During fundraising, can can bring in anywhere from four to eight thousand dollars an hour, and uh, that that many of the programmers there are getting paid. We've never taken a nickel from KPFK in in fourteen years. Not car fare, gas money, uh, not daycare, not a salary, not a cent. Uh, and again, it was approved and then rescinded. So. They, they, it's hard to know what else is going on. I wish I could give you a better answer, but I suspect there's always, uh, again, I'm, uh, I'm a philosopher. I think there's always more going on uh, than meets the eye. So let's see what else we have. Randy uh, says, in therapy sessions, a half hour each week, uh, the different client, five clients, one each night, of the week. Oh, I guess Randy's still talking about that HBO program um, in treatment. He says, therapy sessions, half hour each week and a different client, five clients, one each night of the week. I see. Well, I will definitely will uh, check that out, uh, Randy. That sounds very interesting. I guess I need to see it before I can say just how interesting it is. Uh, but obviously you like it, so uh, we'll take a look at it. Again, we got about 20 people, uh, 17 people online, and uh, two or three people on the telephone. And so the whole idea of this teleconference or teleseminar is for me to respond to the comments or the questions that you submit via the web. I think, again, it ought to be clear that the uh, those who use the telephone as a backup to the system 
Uh, it was very cool backup. Somebody told me she listened to last week's teleconference on her cell phone via Bluetooth while she was walking around the grocery store. And uh, that's cool. Uh, but, you know, just a little bit of line noise or one barking dog uh, in the background, and everybody's got to listen to that stuff. The callers, the telephone callers, you'll be unmuted at the beginning of these calls and unmuted at the end of the calls, but during the program we have to mute you out. So the best way, the only way really, uh, is to use the submission form on the bottom of the web page you're looking at. Just put in comment, your question, briefly, nicely, and uh, your name, at least your first name, and I'd love to um, see the city of so let's see um, some of the comments. Going back to, uh, to John in the Valley, he says, I think ego is best utilized with self-esteem and self-worth. says ego gets in the way when excess ego values itself above the diverse insights of the higher self. Very good point. When we become willing to hear those insights and how they support our growth. Yeah. And those insights, you know, one way you know you, you can begin to discern the difference is that uh, if it feels really critical and, uh, and negative, self-loathing, self-critical, uh, sounds like your parents talking to you, well, that's your ego. Uh, you'll never be able to do that. Or, or even, you know, it can pump you up with delusions of grandeur as well as inferiority. Uh, uh, but it tends to be separative in nature and often critical, uh, logical, uh, uh, reductionist, and deductive, take apart. Uh, whereas uh, true inspiration or revelation from the higher self, as John is saying, tends to be more harmonious. Those insights and understandings tend to be positive and hopeful and, and encouraging and often provide a big picture of, a gestalt or an aha that the ego is not uh, open to, the ego uh, doesn't see. So, thanks for that. That's a very good comment. Uh, Robert, who was on the phone uh, a little while ago, and may still be, has gone to the web to say, hello, Michael, if, uh, if I, let's see, if I may, is it possible to contribute a comment um, ego for the benefit of the group. Um, let's see. It will having a problem reading. This it will come slow because I'm not a real great type. Well, yeah, sure, that's okay. Um, love to have your comments as well as your questions. Uh, Carol from La Habra. Hello, Carol, and good afternoon. Uh, just letting me know that she's online. Thank you, Carol. That is good to know. Appreciate hearing that. And let's go, let's see, continuing on. Yeah, John's talking about, again, here, putting together a some sort of Internet uh, system. You know, again, this uh, to do the KPFK show we're talking about here. Again, John, I, I'm at the point where I have sort of mixed feelings about doing all of this, but I think we should pursue all possibilities and see what all of our options are before uh, Doreen and I make a final decision about it. But uh, it was odd because we were ready to give this thing up when I made the announcement in 
early November that I was going to let go of InterVision and move to Maui and uh, provide this podcast in its place. And I want to talk a little bit more about the podcast before our hour ends. Hopefully do a little meditation for you all to, uh, even if it's just a quickie, uh, and then remind everybody the replay is available. If you look at the bottom of the page, and depending on your browser, you may have to scroll down a little bit to see it, but it's probably right in front of you in the lower right-hand corner of the page you're looking at, a button that says Subscribe to Podcast. Uh, if you'd like to click on that button after the event, you can uh, go right to the FocusedPassion.com website with your ATM card, your debit card, or credit card and for just 99 cents, uh, subscribe to the brand new program that Steve and I are doing that we continue to be excited about. We just recorded the 18th, uh, the 18th program, so we've got 18 hours of this show under our belt. Steve and I have been working together on and off for 30 plus years, and we love it. Frankly, we are having a blast. Uh, we think that what we're doing in this program that's podcast, that's just an auto-download. That's all a podcast is. Um, it's an auto-download. It's automatically downloaded to your iTunes, or some people use other uh, pod catchers, so-called, or aggregators. And uh, the, most of them are free, and you can download them from the Internet. We like iTunes. It's popular. It's really smart. It interfaces really nicely with Safari, and uh, so you just take your debit card, ATM check card, credit card, and plug it in, and you'll get billed monthly, 99 cents a week. Uh, billed monthly is $3.96, so everybody can afford it, less than a cup of coffee at Starbucks per month, and you get to archive these programs, keep all these programs, and... Uh, we're very excited about that. That's our central uh, uh, mission right now, and, and that's much more important to me, frankly, than messing around with KPFK uh, out here in the middle of the ocean. So I forgot exactly where I was going with all of that. But that's sort of the way I feel. I want to know more about this asterisk uh, free voiceover Internet protocol system and Skype and look at some of these concepts but I'm a little uh I'm a little uh uninspired <laughs> disinspired if there is such a thing. And uh they just I mean I know we're gonna continue to do the uh Finding Yourself in Paradise podcast. By the way that goes out every Wednesday and uh just pops up on your computer. That's what we mean by auto-download or a podcast. And you listen on your computer at your leisure. Fast forward, rewind, pause, listen when you feel like it. Uh, you do not need an iPod. You do not need any kind of portable player to uh, listen to a podcast. And once you get ours, you're going to find out how easy podcasts are. Many of them, most of them are free. And uh, although some are starting to contain commercials, we thought 99 cents a week would be a, a great way to pay the broadband fees uh, without having to stick commercials in there. So 
nobody seems to mind uh, that. So we'll check it out and let you know more about the KPFK thing. Uh, let's see. Robert and Irvine on the same topic is saying, I suggest that uh, listeners meet KPFK halfway. We donate a couple of thousand dollars and KPFK pick up the rest of that too. Yeah, uh, it's a great idea. Again, one I'm willing to consider. And yet, if somebody walked right up to me and gave me a check for four or five thousand dollars and says, "Here, uh, this will take care of it," and it probably would, I'd still have mixed feelings uh, about this whole thing. So. Again, we'll always have the Finding Yourself in Paradise podcast, which is the best stuff I've ever done. Steve says it's the best stuff he's ever done. We just love it. And then to have this also for free on Sunday afternoons, I think it'll be a lot of fun, especially as people integrate it into their schedules and make it a habit to join us. This will be like the new radio program, hopefully. There's another kind of, this is... uh, uh, again, Robert in West L.A., uh, he wants to uh, make a little comment about the nature of the ego. And uh, he says that, in his opinion, it actually works to maintain the illusion of separateness. And uh, it looks for the uh, – let me blow this up a little bit. As some of you know my eyes aren't as good as they used to be. Okay. And it looks for the dissimilarities in people, talking about the ego now that uh, he says it maintains the illusion of separateness and looks for dissimilarities in people and actually prevents relationship. Uh, I would agree with all three of those points. Prevents is a strong word, but interferes certainly uh, with relationships. I agree with that. Uh, Robert goes on to say, a great practice brought to us by Daffrey John. I remember Daffrey John, prolific author and teacher. Uh, oh, he's still around, hopefully, is the avoiding relationship practice. I, uh, he says, uh, Robert here says, I can vouch for this one. It enables one to experience the reflex of the ego. Again, very good word. Nice description, Robert. The ego is by its nature. The logical, rational, analytical mind is by its nature reflexive. It's the knee-jerk reaction. Most of what we call thinking is the lizard brain stuff. You know, the, the fly flies by the lizard, its tongue goes out, grabs the fly, swallows the fly, never even thought about it. Right? It was just a reflex. What most people consider to be their well-reasoned opinions on politics or religion or relationships or whatever is little more than reflecting. And so it is ego-based, and Robert's point about it being uh, separative is excellent. That's what its job is, to protect and defend the illusion of separateness. Uh, uh, The ego wants you to believe that you really are all alone, and is at the root of the alienation that uh, causes so much uh, hurt and sadness in our lives. Robert goes on, he says, for years, uh, Daffrey John would make a mental note of the ever-so-subtle contradiction that he felt within himself upon contact with another. He'd note, avoiding relationship, with a question mark, 
and over time he noticed that this reflex diminished and his capacity for um, oh my web just refreshed uh, for companionship let me see if I can get that back that was really weird the way that screen refreshed on if I get that back real quick. Those are all very cogent, salient points and classic mysticism. The uh, the idea of the ego. I mean, it serves in, in the best sense. If we can defend the ego, uh, the best thing that it does is keep us alive based on the self-interest of the separated self, the self of appearance, this sacroprotoplasm that that most people believe is the only aspect of self. Um, and in a more dangerous, the more primitive or or pre-civilized kind of a setting, that would be a very important role, you know, fight or flight and, and all of that stuff. But as we, little by little, I'll say, become more civilized and a little more harmonious, a little more evolved, then the need for the ego to protect us from danger is diminished. And so what the ego does is concern itself with fear born, not so much of danger, but just simple confusion about the nature of the self. And uh, the self can't know the self. As Alan Watts used to say, any more than you can touch the tip of this finger with that same finger or bite down upon your teeth. It's uh, it's an impossibility for the self to truly know the self. But the higher self can know these layers or uh, frequencies of self-ness. Depends on the system and the model. You've got to really define your terms. I think the higher self is an aspect of self. I believe, in other words, soul is individuated, but it understands, as Plato said, that it shares the common ground of all things, but from an individual or a unique point of view. But the lower self, the false self, the ego, uh, it uh, <laughs> it thinks it is that separated uh, individual, not just a unique point of view but a unique thing, uh, a unique object uh, I'm sorry. Okay, well, uh, as the system refreshes, I have some more people online. And uh, we have Tracy in Madison, Wisconsin, formerly of Los Angeles. Hello, Tracy. And also uh, Charlotte, or Charlotte, from Montreal, Quebec. And uh, very nice to hear from both of you. Let's see what they have to say. Let me do a time check real quick about, uh, what, 13 minutes before the top of the hour, and I'd like to do a meditation at the top of the hour and uh, get you out of here by about, oh, 30 minutes from now or so. If you could stick around for the meditation, that'd be great. Remember, save the link that brought you here if you would like to hear a replay of the recording of this event. And uh, in the future, we're going to archive all of the a recording of past events on my website, theagelesswisdom.com. I want to encourage you to tell other people, your friends, about this, too. So, Tracy, in Madison, Wisconsin, great 
city, great radical liberal city. He says, hi, Michael, I've enjoyed your shows for a while and also recommend In Treatment. We were talking earlier about this uh, HBO program. I've yet to see it. She says it has moments that are eye-opening. And uh, she goes on, it's a little off topic from what you've been discussing here today for most of this teleconference, though you did mention dreaming and daydreaming. She says, I have a question about dreams, ego, and the self. I've noticed my dreams changing so that even people who are either in the background of the dream or who are major players but not known to me in real life have become very specific. It's almost as though I'm meeting them and getting to know them simultaneously. They're still talking about her dreams here, their faces, uh, accents, uh, mannerisms, and so on are clear, but so are their backgrounds. I'm hoping this represents a useful shift in the way in which I view others, but I'm not sure whether to believe this or to believe it represents uh, further navel-gazing. <laughs> well, I, I think there's value even in navel-gazing, but uh, I get the uh, sarcasm in that. Uh, contemplating your navel can be a very smart thing to do. That's the solar plexus, the belly button window. It's where physical life comes in. And many, many people say that's where you go when you die. You talk one of these days about conscious death and dying because the wisdom teachings of many cultures say that not only do we come in through the navel, but that we go out that way as well. Uh, there are other writings about uh, esoteric uh, threads that connect the crown chakra uh, or the pituitary gland and uh, another esoteric thread or silver cord that connects at the heart level. Sometimes you hear people say, beware of astral projection because if you break the silver cord, you'll die. Uh, I don't know. I think there's a lot of hooey in the New Age movement. But uh, whatever is the model, these are all models or paradigms for something that quite likely is indescribable uh, uh, anyway. But let me just say about the nature of dreams, I think the place you have to begin, in my experience anyway, in my study, is to assume that everybody in your dream is really you. Uh, in fact, with a little bit of work on interpreting the characters in your dreams as aspects of yourself, either the lower self, the ego, or the elevated perspective of the higher self, you begin to understand that the people in your waking life mirror you and reflect aspects of who you really are. Yesterday, Doreen and I went to the uh, east end, the far northeast shore of Maui. Many of you know that is the Hana area. And uh, we were just beside Hana a little ways, very, very remote, two hours through a rain for us to get to Steve's property. And we went there primarily yesterday for a memorial service, uh, a celebration of life or uh, one of his dogs, even his wife Teresa, had had two beautiful golden retrievers for eight or nine years, 
got them in L.A. and uh, brought them to Hawaii a few years ago. One died a few months ago, and uh, the other one just passed a week ago. And so I bring it up because during this memorial, each person had a chance to speak. And listening to the people speak, I began to just reflect silently, though I did speak about it at one point, on how impossible it is to separate what we love about another, whether it's an animal, a pet, or another person. How incredibly impossible it is to separate what we love about that other person or that animal from ourselves. That what we love in another tells us so much more about ourselves than about the other. And actually that's true on many levels. What we despise in other people, like, oh, that guy, he just drives me up a wall. I don't know what it is about him that just creeps me out. He just really, or she just, you know, I find them so offensive. And, well, in the same way. It's like, you know, I've often said it this way, that uh, it takes one to know one is uh, more than a, a defense that children use on the playground. You know, It takes one to know one, or I know you are, or what am I? We see ourselves in others. And, and what drives you crazy about other people, and in the same way, what we just love and respect and admire about other people, or our animals for that matter, is uh, exactly the point. It's love that is the connection, not simply emotional warmth and comfort, but love as consciousness, love as the awareness of the higher self. And so, in the in the same way that we can begin to see ourselves and the characters that appear to us in dreams take that out into the world and begin to see yourself in other people this is the primary commandment is to know yourself to find the Christ nature in you to find the Buddha nature if you will in you to pursue the affinity that we all have for connection, for harmony, and for love by looking within, not outside of yourself. Staring into heaven, in, into the starry heavens, is not going to take you to uh, the heaven or the nirvana that we're all seeking. Uh, we have to turn within to do that. We have to use other eyes, the so-called third eye of visualization and guided imagery. So Tracy and Madison, that's where I would begin is in your journaling or your conscious meditation about the dreams you remember in the morning to consider what you can understand about yourself from these characters. And if these characters that are becoming more present and more available to you uh, in your dreams represent different parts of you, then what are you learning about yourself from engaging these characters? And then <clears throat> I would even consider going to a more active involvement with the characters in your dreams, perhaps even a lucid dreaming, which is a very exciting exercise, a great way to lose our uh, fear of death, by the way, lucid dreaming, uh, to be aware of the dream while you're dreaming. But a great way to set yourself up for all of this is just to consider as you go to sleep uh, the fact that you 
can suggest to yourself, I want to go back to that dream, just very gently, as if you were holding something very fragile in your hand, very gently hold in your mind and in your heart as you fall asleep the idea of revisiting the dream from the night before or several days earlier, and this time asking the character, are you a part of me? What do you represent? Uh, are you my teacher? What what can I learn from you? And hold that thought gently, or that feeling gently, as you fall asleep. And I think you'd be surprised. Uh, often immediately, and sometimes with two or three nights of practice, you'll find yourself uh, being much more actively involved, consciously involved in the dream, and maybe even being aware of the dream while you're dreaming it, so-called lucid or clear dreaming, which is very, very cool. But uh, I encourage you to continue those explorations on the so-called astral plane, largely emotional in nature, to see what you can understand about yourself, both the separative self, the Tracy that lives in Madison, Wisconsin, and the higher self, which is really what we care about, you know really what we love, that we love, that we care. And let's see, take one more in Quebec, Charlotte or Charlotte. He says, Michael, I just want to let you know how great it is to be able to hear you again. I used to listen to your open lines back in the 70s and early 80s. Wow, KLOS days, that's great. When I was living in L.A. and now uh, here I am in the snow in Montreal and listening to Michael Benner from Hawaii. Wonderful. Yes, I think it is very, very cool. And uh, that it's not, I mean, we could pick up the phone and call each other, but to have so many other people online at the same time, I think makes this very, very cool. Um, let's see. Let me hit refresh again. Let me pick up a few more comments real quick. Robert's commenting on Tracy's dream says he thinks they're very significant, and as time goes by, uh, be as aware as you can of the figures in those dreams. Uh, and uh, he says they're calling you to a higher lucidity in your dreams. Well, there you go. He seems to essentially agree with my comments there, which is a great idea. Just always face it. Just always look into it. Want to know more. Life is so rich, so beautiful. John says, are new people and persons that you meet in your dream more intriguing than your circle of friends in your waking life? Perhaps the uh, daily regular friends are impeding your apparent adventure to stretch out. Oh, they're intended to get it. it uh, I'm sorry. It's just a Every once in a while refreshes itself. And I'm not sure why that's so. All right, so uh, not, not having any luck getting back to those questions. So uh, maybe this is to say that we've reached the uh, pretty much the top of the hour. And there were some other people on there that I wanted to that I wanted to mention. Oh, I see. The recording has stopped. That's our problem. I must have stopped the recording for only an hour, and I wanted it to go for two hours, or for an hour and a half. 
So anyway, uh, the recording has stopped, but I'd like to uh, do a little meditation anyway. Presumably you guys are still on the line here. Let me refresh the web count. Yeah, it looks like we've still got uh, a bunch of people still online. So let's just do a quick med. In fact, I, I, I like these exercises each week to be about uh, the topic. So let's do a brief little exercise here about the idea of dream management, dream incubation, or dream control. So if you'd all just get as comfortable as you can, wherever you may be, hopefully you're in a nice big easy chair, or the chair in front of your computer is comfortable. And uh, sit back and relax, close your eyes, feel yourself in your body, be aware of your body and the way it feels in the chair. Feel your feet on the floor and take a couple of nice, slow, deep breaths. Pulling in strength and power as you inhale and ah, as you exhale, the sigh of relief, feel the letting go. I heard an Alan Watts tape recently where he said the word nirvana, the uh, level of enlightenment. The word nirvana really means to breathe out, to blow out, to exhale. Nirvana is a sigh of relief. It's like, ah, <laughs> so, what's enlightenment? It's like, man, everything's okay, put it down. So feel that feeling as a form of induction. Feel that feeling going in to this brief meditation. Ah, just put it all down. Feel safe and relaxed. Muscles relaxing. Create for yourself a nirvana, a feeling of letting go. Like butter softening or floating on water. A skill that requires a lot of letting go and a lot of trust. Feel that now. And in your mind's eye, with your ability to imagine, just visualize yourself in a beautiful beautiful place and there's beauty everywhere in the world some of the cities I've mentioned here this morning oh, John will get a kick out of this, even Pittsburgh has its beauty, right John? <laughs> certainly Montreal and Green Bay and Los Angeles but imagine your own special place of perfect peace. Maybe it's a place you've actually visited or just a made-up place. But dream it up and allowing my voice to go with you. Hear birds singing and the wind and the trees. Smell the fragrances of this beautiful place. See the trees and the flowers, warm, sunny meadows, cool, shady places, water, either a little lake or a stream. Sit yourself down, feel rooted in the earth, plugged in or connected in the earth. Sit yourself down. As if you could imagine how a tree or a bush feels to be rooted in the earth. 
into the common ground. You're an electrical being. You are a spiritual and therefore energy being. Energy wants the earth. It wants to be grounded, connect to the ground. Energy be grounded. Imagine spirit flowing from the crown from the top of your head right down through the center of your being into the earth. And you are that medium. You are that path of least resistance. And as you continue the process of letting go and feel your muscles releasing, unclutching, that spirit that precipitates down and moves through you into the earth passes with less resistance. So there's more of that spirit available, more light, more wisdom, more insight, understanding. And as you experience yourself as that path of least resistance, going right down the center of your spine, but also filling the sense of who you are with a vital life force, an elan, a chi or ki, a prana, a kundalini, a holy spirit, an odic force, whatever term you wish to use, just feel it coming down. Not the only model, but it's a really nice one. Precipitating like a gentle rain down from the top of your head, coming in from the top of your head, right to your body, and be that channel. Be that path of least resistance. And consider our topic today, that there are aspects to the self, that the physical dense being is an extension or emanation of the higher self. That there's more to you than what is reflected in a mirror. More to you certainly more through you than just a stack of protoplasm, a bag of chemicals, or what you've had to eat. You're so much more than that. The idea of programming dreams, to incubate a dream, to be about a chosen topic, or a lucid dream where you're alert in the dream while you're dreaming, knowing that this is a dream. And sometimes even a dream within a dream, within a dream, like the nesting Russian doll. Allow for that. Practice now, simply, effortlessly, orienting yourself, forming an intention to simply know the truth of self starting with the most basic duality of an incarnated self as reflection of a higher spiritual energy self. Seek to understand all aspects of self at all levels. And simply by forming the intention now, effortlessly, making the decision, recommit to introspection, 
left off a word. The self-realization. Consider that word to make real the self. You go from the lowercase s self to the capitalized f self to realize, to look at your myth, mythology and fables like Pinocchio wanting to be a real boy. Pinocchio wanted to be realized. Psychologist Maswell calls it actualized, but it's more than actualization. That the humanistic realization to make real. Or the Velveteen Rabbit wanted to be real, or Data in Star Trek wanted to be real, to realize self, to dedicate yourself, to, to consider that the essence of who you really are can be curious about who you really are without becoming more separative or feeling more alienated or needing at times to feel arrogant or superior as an antidote to feeling inferior and ineffective. You're not better than or worse than when we commit ourselves to being different from. Nobody's better than or worse than. We're all just like colors of the rainbow. Is the blue better than the yellow? Is the red superior to the green? Silly concept. You're a unique being. And if you don't devote yourself and dedicate yourself to self-realization, to introspection, in meditation, in daydreams, in mindfulness, in a study of the dreams we have at night, either because we remember them or lucid dreaming are within them. Dedicate yourself now, simply by forming the intention to be interested in the truth of who you really, really, really are. If not you, who? We have fingerprint evidence and DNA proof that each individual is unique, do something extraordinary right now. Become interested. Dedicate yourself to being fascinated in the nature of the self. And watch how as you realize, oh, I see, the insight, understanding, oh, there's a good idea. <laughs> oh, I realize now, that's pretty obvious. I wonder why I never thought of that before. See how you are lifted up from the fears of being alone in this world to feeling the harmony that is love. Feel magnetically lifted as if uplifted and drawn up toward that elevated perspective, the higher self that is not separate, that is part of the one and all that is. 
just feel that simply as a result of dedicating yourself to an interest in realizing who we are again if you don't who will will do tell yourself tonight as you go to sleep that it'll be easy to remember the importance of saying as you fall asleep. I'll remember and understand my dreams. Or if you feel prepared to do so, I will be awake and aware during my dreams, encountering facets, faces, and aspects of myself. Not as superior, not as inferior, simply different from, different perspectives. And if you don't do that, who will? Self-discovery cannot be delegated or relegated any more than we could get self-love, self-trust, self-respect, self-consciousness from somebody else, self-confidence. That's the word I meant to say, self-confidence, self-love, self-trust, self-respect. How are you going to get it from somebody else? That's your job. Know thyself. And bring back with you into the normal waking state. As I count us up, the simple intention that you form to know yourself better, to be gentle with yourself and seek to understand the higher self, not simply the character or the roles that we play, not our people-pleasing, so much more. Just gently and effortlessly bring that intention with you back into the waking state. As you imagine yourself floating up toward the sound of my voice, and I'm going to count slowly to five. One, feel yourself gently drifting. When I reach five in a few moments, open your eyes wide awake and alert. Two, give yourself this time. You could open your eyes now if you want, but give yourself this time. Three, to imagine drifting up slowly and reorienting gently drifting toward my voice four coming up feel now become aware of the chair that you're sitting on and the floor beneath your feet and five is wise op- eyes open wide awake wide awake alert refreshed and rested feeling fine wide awake and I hope you enjoyed that so again I'm going to send you not once a week, and I'm sorry, not twice a week as I have been, but beginning this next week. Uh, once a week, I'm going to send you a reminder with the link. Each event has a unique number, and you need the link for the new event. If you use the link for the old event, uh, you'll get a replay of that event. So I will send that out. Uh, between 24 and 48 hours before the event. I'll just send you one of those a week. I get a nice big list. I encourage you to forward the list to other people. Uh, invite your friends uh, who you think would enjoy this, wherever they happen to be in the world. I will post the times as 
Pacific time, but in most cases will include other American uh, and Canadian time zones. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll begin to get some people in Europe and in other continents. I get email from all over the world. And uh, so help us wage inner peace by spreading the word that there is a way to explore our interest in philosophy and identity in a spiritual, though non-religious way. It's not even non-religious so much as it's comparative in its religious approach. Religion in so many ways is like grade school. And uh, again, high school is not superior to grade school. It's just a little further on down the road, a little more complex. In many cases, you got to do the grade school to get to the high school, that's all. So, uh, beyond religion and the spiritual search for who we really are so that we can wage peace in the world from the inside out. Obviously, if we leave that to politicians, uh, it's never going to happen. In many ways, our, our government is unredeemable and uh, really um, can't be fixed anytime soon. And... Uh, so this is uh, where we're using this new technology and the availability of the Internet to promote an inner peace campaign, an inner peace movement. And hopefully you'll continue to oppose the war as illegal and immoral, unjust, and based on lies. Do all of your work in that area, but... Consider the bigger picture here of waging inner peace. Tell other people what inner peace as meditation, reflection, contemplation, uh, mindful detachment, what it's done for you. And uh, here's a place that people can come on Sundays and uh, share their questions and their comments on this search from, again, a non-religious point of view spiritual and personal development based on the ageless wisdom, the the teaching of the age. I found something really cool the other day called Google Alert. And I put in ageless wisdom in Google Alerts and a few other uh, topics, also meditation, self-hypnosis. And uh, every day, I said it to once a day, and every day Google sends me an email with all these links that contain the keyword phrase. By the way, if you use more than one word, like if you were to put uh, guided imagery or self-hypnosis into Google Alerts or personal development, be sure you put quotes, double quotes, on both sides. Otherwise, you'll get occurrences of each word rather than forcing only the combination of words. Well, that's pretty cool. Go to Google.com and check out Google Alerts. There's other services like that, but I hadn't used them in a long time. Also, notice the call to action button in the lower right-hand corner of the web page here. Subscribe to podcast. Click there, and you'll go right to FocusedPassion.com, and uh, you plug in your ATM card, your debit or credit card. For just 99 cents a week, it couldn't be more painless. And uh, paste the web page or the URL that's provided to you. Keep your username and password, but get that feed line. It's 
very obvious if you just read a couple of lines of text, then swipe that and paste it into iTunes, and voila, we download Finding Yourself in Paradise with Steve and myself. Really good stuff. One-hour programs every week right into your iTunes program or other podcatcher. Okay? And if you want to visit my website, you can do that with the link right below the button that says Visit the Ageless Wisdom. You can go right to Ageless, I'm sorry, theagelesswisdom.com by using that link. Okay? So subscribe to the podcast by clicking on that button. Get her done. It'll take all of about five or at most ten minutes. There's a lot of cool stuff on that website and more all the time. A little video of Steve and I out on his land in Hana. And uh, uh, little audio files you can listen to, samples of the program. And there's an audio file where I describe what a podcast is. And uh, we're putting up a catalog page pretty soon and all kinds of really neat content. So keep that in mind. Bookmark that page as well. And just make it a point. Save the date, if you can, of uh, this Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock Los Angeles time. And, uh, you know, the drills, the 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon mountain, 3 o'clock central, 4 o'clock eastern, and uh, like that, okay? And each week you'll get a link uh, in the email. So you got to watch your email. If you ever have a problem with that, check your spam folder. And uh, uh, just put the email address into your white pages to be sure you get it every every week because there's a unique and new number every week in that email link, okay? And tell your friends about it, too. So I'm going to unmute the telephone call. I think there might be some people on the phone, although it looks like pretty much everybody uh, went to the web so they could submit questions. Thank you in any event for being with us today here. And hope you'll join us uh, next week and whenever you can after that. I'm going to unmute the phone. And uh, anybody on the telephone line still that wants to say hi or goodbye? Hello, Michael. And that's Robert. Robert again. Yeah, okay. Well, Robert, thank you for your good input. I thought that was very good. And hey. anybody else? Uh, yeah, go ahead. What are you going to say? Yeah, probably the I got a thousand comments, but probably the most useful would be to ask you. You know, on our end, we're typing into a little box, uh-huh. and the print is really small. I found uh-huh. myself having to strain to see where I'd made mistakes in spelling. Is it popping up that small on your end? Well, you know, because I have a vision challenge, I use, of course, I have Macintosh system and different. Uh, I'm not sure how it works with Windows anymore, but uh, I believe Windows, like Macintosh, has a accessibility uh, feature that will allow you to zoom into the screen, and that's what I use. If the type gets too small, is I just hold down a couple of keys, and once you go to Preferences and set that, you can uh, can zoom in on these pages. Yeah, it's nothing that I can control on my end. This is a commercial service that I that I lease effectively so I have no control, it's not my system we're going to interface it with our website here and keep an archive but I don't have control on the supply side over that so that's one thing I'd suggest that you do. Hmm. I didn't think at the time to mess with the font size, that's something I'm going to experience yeah, you have to, yeah. yeah, you'd have to play around with that yeah. 
uh, and I think that's browser specific, depending on the browser that you use. And uh, I know Firefox works real well with this system, and Safari, and I assume Internet Explorer as well. So, yeah, all right, gang. Well, thank you very much, and uh, uh, have a wonderful week wherever you happen to be. Calls from Hawaii to Montreal, Quebec this week. That's pretty exciting, and all points in between. You guys uh, in the uh, east of the Rockies and northern part of the states in Canada, I hope uh, your weather warms up and that spring springs very soon for you and the snow melts and the flowers come out and you can start your gardens as, as soon as possible. But join us next uh, next Sunday afternoon and I'll send you the email link. Uh, tell your friends about it and subscribe to Finding Yourself in Paradise at FocusPassion.com. Thanks a lot. So long. Hey, hey, Michael. Yeah. Hey, you got 10 seconds? Yeah, I do. The, this $4,000 that KPFK says they need for, uh, for equipment, are they saying yeah. that this equipment will only facilitate the Michael Benner show and thus isn't worth the expense? I mean, I find it hard to believe that modern age equipment like this can only be used for one thing. Can it be used for something else at the station? Yeah, useful? yeah, that's a good point. But here's the double edge. Here's here's a part of this that I didn't even talk about today. Uh, that to them is a negative, and here's why. Um, when when word got out that they had approved this gear for us, and we're going off to you know paradise, Maui, Hawaii, then other people who lived you know, maybe in Santa Monica or Covina or Irvine, and we're tired to drive into the North Hollywood studios, they said, well, if, if Benner can do that, then how about me too? And instead of saying, well, sure, we're going to get the equipment for him, uh, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not just equipment at the station. These devices need to be at the point of origin too. So ah, uh, okay. Five thousand for this guy, and five thousand for this guy. And the next thing you know, nobody's coming to the station, and so they felt it was a slippery slope and didn't oh want to set a precedent. So it's oh just typical bureaucracy, you know. A great idea, but we don't. It's so good, we don't. We want to restrain it because the point is that radio is becoming obsolete. As we go to the internet and get these new technologies, it's becoming radio is becoming less and less relevant. And, uh, but, it's, yeah, it's a great idea. That's the way a reasonable person would think. So you'd have a very hard time at KPFK, Robert. You're way too reasonable. And <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't think, uh, yeah, I was going to, I was thinking of maybe kicking up a fuss, but if their, if their attitude, I, I mean, I, I almost had to pick myself up off the floor because I, I when I heard you say something to, uh, actually you were saying it on the web today, that uh, someone at KPFK had said to you that the Intervision program was uh, basically too, too middle class, too white, too yeah. whatever. Yeah, too you know, that's that's the kind of attitude I don't think I can even deal with. Well, unfortunately. And, and fortunately, it doesn't represent the attitude of everybody there. But there are people. I mean, and let's let I mean, let's be honest. KPFK, in many ways, is an aggregation of um, of mis 
misanthropes, and misfits, and I include myself in that. Where well, it's you, a tr- it's true to true to us in a sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of folks have axes to grind. In uh, in New York, WBAI, for example, uh, went very biased toward the African American community, and were hiring only black men and a few black women, but even the black women were be dis- being discriminated against by a cabal of uh, separatist uh, black people that thought that WBAI should be only uh, or primarily for the African-American community. And, um, I think there, we disagree with that. Uh, well, of course, and then there's infighting at KPFK over the Spanish-speaking programming and whether that's a good idea or, or whether that's appropriate. But at the same time... Um, I'm a white guy, and, and, and I can only empathize when uh, I try to consider it from the point of view of an oppressed minority, and they look at media, and and all mainstream media is run by old white guys, so why shouldn't the alternative media be primarily people of color? So, you know, that, uh, that, go ahead. 